This broadcast has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com. This is Trinity Sunday. Uh, I'm not preaching on the Trinity, by the way, but I wanted to tell you that uh, it's one of the most important Sundays after Pentecost, as far as I'm concerned. It's uh, found in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, and also in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, and many other biblical passages. This morning I'll be preaching on Luke chapter 15, 1 through 24, and what I hope you hear is what Jesus is revealing about God the Father, that he is in this, these three parables, which I considered to be one story. Some theologians differ on that and some don't, but the point is, when he, I think when he told the story, he told all three parables at one time. What Jesus is trying to reveal to us today is the heart of God and what God thinks and what God does in relationship to his creation, the love that he has for all of us, no matter who you are or where you are. Scripture this morning is found in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 24. Listen to the words of the Lord. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribe, scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found the sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls for her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with wasteful living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, 
He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. May God have his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Everything's fine, Chase. <laughs> I was reading an article uh, yesterday about things that are lost. And so I, I come across this article from Uber. You know, everybody knows what Uber is, right? And so uh, it's a, a, a ride-hailing service that become popular, an alternative to taxis, taxis today. Uh, some of the things they listed as being lost, listen to this. For example, the most common items lost included cell phones, rings, keys, and wallets. The most forgetful U.S. city in America today is Los Angeles. The most forgetful day in 2016 was October 30th. Sundays saw the largest average spike and lost bathing suits. Don't ask me, I don't understand that one. <laughs> the list rounds off with some of the most unique items left behind in Uber vehicles, including a valuable Nordic walking poles, a lobster, a live lobster, and I don't know what this is, a cornhole boards, boards I don't know what that, that's supposed to be, a potted plant, an elf cutout, which might be, I said earlier, it could have been Robert, because he had one of those kind of cutouts at one time, and it disappeared. Nintendo, money bag, and a violin. Can you imagine the things that are left, that are lost inside cars like Uber? I often wonder what uh, the accumulated data from a lost and found index of God perspective would look like. Today, we come together to talk about those the things that are lost. Sometimes I, I, I name it the little things that matter. And I think, I think about little things when I think about mustard seed, when I think about uh, children coming into the kingdom, uh, when I think about a little yeast and a, a leaven of bread, when I think about one coin and one sheep, when I think about one son and there's two sons, when I think about myself, when I think about us together as a whole, when I think about what God is doing in our lives and how he's changing us, working within us to make us whole, to make us free. And I think about these stories of the parable about God's heart and how God loves us and cares for us. So he's telling the Pharisees and the teachers who rightly had a way or a reason to say to, to Jesus that you're, you're eating with the wrong people. 
when Jesus sat down and ate with them, it was a form of acceptance, accepting them for who they were. And he didn't, the Pharisees didn't seem to understand that, that God loved those that were on the edge of society, the homeless, those that had nothing, but he also loved the makers and the shakers. He also loved the Pharisees and the scribes. He loved everyone, and he still does. But they began to tell him, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. And what parent has not told their child those kinds of things? You know, watch who you run with. My dad used to tell me to keep my nose clean, and when I was young, I didn't know enough of what he meant. I'd go to the bathroom, and I'd look in the mirror, and I'd come back, and I'd say, my nose is clean. And he would say, son, that's not what I mean. He said, pick your friends, the crowd you run with, because that's what will lead you either into trouble or keep you clean. Those kind of things he used to tell me all the time, like take out the trash. Well, he'd never take, say take out the trash. He said, don't hurt your hand when you take out the trash. <laughs> and so he always had a statement that us boys, and there were four of us, that would always think about, you know, and we were young then, and I'd always come back and tell him, well, it didn't hurt my hand. He said, good, you can take it out the next day as well. <laughs> but how many times, or is there a place in your life where you've lost something, something of value? in your life. It could be anything that was important to you that you now don't have or maybe you found. Well, I'm not wearing my wedding ring this morning, but because my wife is not home, she's up with her mom and dad in Canada, normally she says you have your ring. Well, normally I take my ring off when I'm doing stuff outside so I don't, don't scratch it up. And so I put it in my pocket one day and I, after I finished doing what I was doing, I came in the house, she said it was time to eat, so I went into to the icebox, and I opened up the freezer, rather. The icebox dates, dates me, by the way. And uh, opened up the freezer, and when I bent over, I didn't know it, but the ring fell out of my pocket into the freezer. And so for a year, we looked for that ring. Couldn't find it, didn't know where it was. I looked in my, you know, outside in the tool chest, everywhere I could look. Well, after a year, it was time to defrost the freezer. Defrostless, but at times when you open and close the freezer, the air gets in, the moisture collects on the side of the walls, it becomes ice. And so she was cleaning it out, and we'd taken all the frozen food out. So she was down there scraping and putting it in a bucket and carrying it out and drop, dropping it in a, a five-gallon pail. There she'd wait for it to melt and turn warm where she could use it on the plants outside. The last bucket that she picked up, there was something gold in the bottom of the bucket. And she thought it was... Uh, you know, foil, a gold piece of foil. So she thought nothing of it, and she was getting ready to throw it into the five-gallon pail when she decided to stop and look, and it was my ring. So we found my ring, and, I, and by then I had bought another ring. So we have two, and I've put that ring up somewhere where I cannot find it again. <laughs> Without my wife at home, I was lucky to get dressed this morning. So button these collars and put this, this up... Uh, Guys, it's difficult. Don't buy a, a button-down shirt, okay? If you have to put a tie on and do it yourself. God, I thought I was going to lose everything I had putting these buttons in. So anyway, so there are things in our life that we have lost, right, that mean a lot to us. You know, if you've lost a, a pet or a, something even more tragic than that. But Jesus is here to tell us this morning in these parables that God's heart is with us. No matter what we lose, no matter what happens in our life, God longs to love us and hold us so strong and squeeze us so hard with love that we will never want 
the desire to leave that love, that, that presence. And so he begins by telling the story of the shepherd who had 99 sheep and he lost one. Now, to me, I would think, why would you leave 99 to go look for one? Well, the thing is that maybe I didn't understand when I was younger that 99 were people or sheep that belonged to God. They were safe in his possession. And the one had disappeared. And so he sends the shepherd and out to look for this sheep. And he begins to look and he looks over the crevices and into the cliffs and, and he finally founds this sheep that had wandered away and he brings it home and then there's rejoicing. And the, and the scripture says there's rejoicing in heaven by the angels over one sinner that repented. I want to tell you something now. What they're talking about is the sinner that repents. Our job as disciples of Christ is to preach the gospel, to go out and witness and tell somebody about Jesus Christ, right? The rest is taken care of by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit begins to work in those people's lives and bring them to a conviction. Wesley called that provident grace working in that individual before they even knew who Christ was, who God was. So he sends us and we do our job. We do what we're called to do. And then the Holy Spirit begins to work in that person's life. So he goes out and he brings the, the sheep back and they, and they have this rejoyous union in heaven. He's talking about the Father and what we are to him, what we mean to God the Father, how he loves us and cares for us so much. Then he goes on and talks about the widow who had 10 coins. Whether she had them in a crown or in a bag, uh, I'm not sure. You could read both ways, I guess. But she lost one of those coins. And the thing that we see about the widow is she lights a lamp. She puts a light on the subject, and she begins to sweep, slowly, determinate, trying to find this one coin. And when she finds it, she reunites it with the rest of the nine. And she celebrates with her friends because something that was lost is found. There are things in our lives, whether it's our children, our grandchildren, and in my stage of life, it's my grandchildren, and it's still my son and still my daughter that I'm concerned about. You never stop, okay? Uh, you know, you heard the old saying that sometimes we raise children and they're actually like homing pigeons. You ever heard of a homing pigeon? They fly out, fly out, and they fly home. And then, uh, then they fly out again. But we pray for them and we work for them because we want them to be successful, right? Some people don't have that problem, all right? But we pray about those things, then we think about those things. They're not lost. Maybe to us, it seems kind of strange because we never lived that kind of life. We were actually raised and put out, right? And the uh, plate was broken and you were sent out to go to work. And that's the way it was and we did what we had to do. But it's a little different now. But what I see happening in our lives is the things that are being lost to us. The things around us that we seem to lose respect for. The things of personal value like our children and our grandchildren that we love so much that we want them to know about Jesus Christ as well. We want them to be in the church. We want them to start them at a young age so when they get to the age of confirmation, they know who Christ is. And when they finish that confirmation, they make their confession, profession, that Jesus Christ is their Lord.
Maybe they don't quite understand that, but they know enough that Jesus is alive. My seven-year-old grandson tells me that all the time. And that just, that just locks me to, I just turn around and think, thank you, Jesus. There are things in our life that are important. There are small things in our life that matter. Several years ago, Gregory Boyle retells the story of a, a 15-year-old gang member named Rico. Rico was getting ready for a special worship service in a, for an incarcerated youth uh, when Boyle casually asked him if his father would be there and if he would be coming. The following is the summary of their conversation. He answered, no, uh, he's a heroin addict and never been in my life anyway. Used to always beat me. And something snapped inside Rico as he recalled an image from his childhood. I think it was in the fourth grade he began. I came home and spent, sent home in the middle of the day. When I got home, my dad says, why did they send you home? And because my dad always beat me, he says. I said, if I tell you, will you promise not to hit me? He said, just, just, just tell me. I'm your father. Of course, I won't hit you. And so I told him. Rico began to cry. And in a moment, he started wailing and rocking back and forth. Boyle put his arm around him until he slowly calmed down. When Rico could finally speak again. He spoke quietly, still in a state of shock. He beat me. He beat me with a pipe. After Rico composed himself, Boyle asked about his mom. Rico pointed to a small woman and said, that's her over there. There's no one like her in the world. Then Rico paused and said, I've been locked up for a year and a half, and she comes every Sunday. Do you know how many buses she takes every Sunday to see me, Rico started? Sobbing with the same ferocity as before, after catching his breath, he gasped through the, the sobs, seven buses. She takes seven buses. Imagine. Boyle concluded the story with an analogy. God, as revealed in the person of Jesus, loves us like Rico's mama loved her son, with commitment, steadfastness, and sacrifice. According to Boyle, we have a God who takes seven buses just to arrive where we are. We have a God who scans the horizons, waiting for and looking for each of us to return home. A God who longs to redeem his children, who longs to put his arms around you and love you. It is the story of Jesus. It is the story of reconciliation, his birth on Christmas morning, the meals with sinners, his healing of the sick, his death on the cross for our sins. He showed us the heart of God, the God who will take a long journey of love to find us, who will continue to search until we are found. Do you know what's worse than death? Do you know what's worse than death? It's being lost. Do you know what's better than life? 
is being found by Jesus Christ. This Sunday, as we consider the words of the scripture, we think about those in our family that we love, our spouses and our children. We think about our own lives and what has happened in our lives, whether good or bad. And we think about the fact that we're here this Sunday, sitting in this pew, listening. Or you think about me standing here and delivering a sermon, considering my past life and what I went through. And I can only tell you this, that God is real, that Jesus' love is real, and he will do things in your life to change you. He will empower you. He will give you freedom. He will give you liberty. And he will deliver you from whatever bondage that you're in this morning. All of us are valued. The 99, the one, the coins in the purse, the one under the floor, and the son or daughter who has strayed. Rejoice in your value this morning. Let the shepherd gather you in. Rejoice in your worth. Let the widow find you. And be like the shepherd. Be like the widow. Seek, look, and find. And rejoice when they come home and their pain and their sorrow is relieved. Let it be known that in this church, in this place where people, it is a place where people can receive healing and wholeness. Are you willing to come and celebrate in the joy of finding? Are you willing to come and celebrate in the joy of reconciliation? Let us come together, standing on the promises of God, that he will never leave you nor forsake you, and that he loves you with a love that's greater than anything that you've ever felt or known. The words that we say to one another do not even match up to what God loved, what his love is for us and his desire for us. The worst thing in life, there are things worse than death, and there are things worse than life. Being lost is one. The other great thing about life is being found by Jesus Christ. It is then when we truly begin to live and to love and to serve. It is in his holy name, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. This has been brought to you by Wesley United Methodist Church. For more information, see our webpage at wesleyumc.com.